My name is Woody Landeros. And I'm Joseph Landeros. You're listening to The Landeros Brothers, where we talk about communication through art. I like how it sounds all structured. Yeah. Just roll the intro. Well, you're supposed to say, like, just oh. roll the intro. All right. Okay, yeah. let's do it. Today's topic is about great unappreciated artists. Well, the original one was a great unappreciated artist, but then when I searched that up on Google, I found Edgar Allan Poe, El Greco, Vincent Van Gogh, and many others. And then when I started diving deeper into these individuals' uh, stories, I read the word, or read the statement, starving artists. So then I went ahead and searched on Google for this, um, what would be like a term? Yeah. I went ahead and searched on Google for this term, and it says, a starving artist is an artist who sacrifices material well-being in order to focus on their artwork. They typically live on minimum expenses, either for a lack of business or because all of their disposable income goes towards art projects. So I like how they, they separated those two, and it really said, it's really like one or the other. It's a lack of business, or because all the disposable income goes toward art projects. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I think there's this common misunderstanding. I, I sort of get it, though. I mean, probably developed from a, a different decade that every artist is considered a starving artist. But I think that it's becoming more prevalent that people of our generation, or at least of our era, are taking advantage more of technology and of marketing and different things like that to get them out of that category. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, think, I think everybody's an, a starving artist to like a certain point or a certain extent because you have to start out as a starving artist. Like nobody's just going to give you that big brand deal that you expect. Like even if you're the greatest painter or you're the greatest filmmaker or whatever it is that you do, like you're not going to get that deal on like the first take. But... I do believe that there's like that crossing side and I have yet to see it because um, I, would, I would still call myself a starving artist. Like I haven't made the amount of money that I would like to make on my art, you know, yet. Right. It's just like it's, it's that yet. So, mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? I might, I might end up being one of these artists, yeah. you know, that starving artist, the, the, you know, the one that just goes their entire life. Um, and then I think that crosses over to the word like passion and how it holds on, holds your grounds of like being okay with, you know, paying for the art materials and then executing the art and continuously doing that with your life. Cause a lot of people just do get the fulfillment in that. Um, but I do think that it's like passion does have to be executed alongside with business and like marketing and advertising and being able to, like we said in the last podcast, um, being able to present and to showcase to an audience to bring something to bring i guess like money to continue Value. to continue doing it even like mm -hmm. even if you wanted to do it like you you can't continue just like if somebody sat down right now and just started painting 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 and never showing you're never trying to sell it then they'll end up growing bro going broke mm -hmm. not being able to eat and then yeah you'll end and up perhaps Perhaps some of these people are born in a different time where they would have been appreciated uh, with different circumstances. Say someone like, as you mentioned beforehand, Edgar Allan Poe, 
it's a rainy day today, and sort of that word rain and its connotation of sadness sort of reminds me of him. But his death was actually undeclared, which is quite sad. Imagine your grandfather, your grandmother, someone who you care about to have passed away, and you know that their influence was of um, great significance. However, no one really knows how that person died. But we do know that he was a struggling alcoholic who actually shared his views and his struggles through his writings. So I think what he left behind is a legacy that will never be forgotten. However, for the time that he was alive and for the circumstances at place, it's pretty sad. It's pretty... Uh, cold story to be quite honest so wait he his parents died undeclared of how they passed away no or? he passed away undeclared okay that's what i thought yeah. i read because i was reading up on him last night of how it was like a very his they said that um his death and his poems were both very mysterious right i thought that was extremely interesting to hear that about um edgar Allan poe and then um also i don't want to say any names wrong but i think it was vincent van gogh mm-hmm. So there was a, there was multiple artists that had went through the starving artists like the the first um, the first artist that really went out and actually like um, took art as a um, like a career and and went for it because you know you had your the working class and then um, yeah it was it was not it wasn't like a normal thing for you just to go um, be an artist and expect to make all of your money on it like it. it you know, it's always like have been like a, a an appreciated thing and also obviously valued. But when it came down to charging and to like making money off of it, it's very very difficult, and it still really is. Even with um, education, um, I was reading on um, ideas.ted.com that the percentage of artists who make a living is only ten percent. So only ten percent of art of art school graduates make a living from their artwork. So oh. even art school graduates, where they say that school is the way, um, only 10%. So that's, that's, very, that's very shocking because, you know, like as an artist just going out and like doing something and actually trying to make it, that's one thing. But then having like a school background to be able to show you how to showcase your artwork or supposedly showing you how to market yourself in this um, highly saturated world of art, it's like how can only 10% be making a living on it like why why is it that a lot of the times i'll hear like i'll get on an uber and i'll ask them is this the only thing that you do and they said no i'm actually a music artist and i record this check out my cd and they'll play their art inside the uber or they'll say no i i love doing um i'm also a filmmaker and i love making feature films and then you see their work and it's amazing but then you wonder why are you still doing uber and why is it that the um the people um, like that, I guess, are doing just average jobs are actually getting um, appreciated or even um, paid a lot more than like an artist where they take a lot of time to put into their work. It's just really confusing. It doesn't balance out because on one end, you can make, you know, $20,000 from a commercial real estate check in the matter of like a month of working, but then somebody could you know, ball out and start crying because they made $20,000 in a year from their artwork. And it's just like, where is that disconnection from like, I went to school, you went to school, or I took the, um, the you know, non-school approach and I took the non-school approach, but one is business and one is art. And why is it that the artist cannot connect 
with or don't always connect with that sort of um, business approach. And it's and it, for me, like I see artists, like I'll go to downtown Riverside and I'll see that a lot of artists feel like almost ashamed or almost like they're just not confident in themselves to be able to say my artwork costs this much, even though they spent 50 hours on this piece. Mm -hmm. And they say, ah, $20. And they feel bad. And then when they and when people say, oh, I'll pay 15, they'll go, okay, okay, well, you could take it for 15. And it's just like, I know, I know it because I was in it. You know, I know it because I was charging the $15 or the $10. I was doing the, the $8 t-shirts. I was selling like quickly, quickly in school and just trying to figure out that sort of mass, um, just mass distribution in like the art world and stuff. It's just, it's just confusing to me. I'm very passionate about this topic right. because I still am and I still feel like a starving artist. Right. Yeah. Well, something I would relate it back to is say when in the shift of... Um, manufacturing of cars. It seems a bit uh, off subject, but before this whole industrial revolution in which created our whole nation of capitalism and, well, not essentially created it, but, you know, was able to contribute to it, one by one, cars were being manufactured at a slower rate. However, when things started to pick up with technology, they were starting to just get them out there, get them out there to the point that they would start to have these models come out every year. And what that proposed was the idea that one thing would be improved after the, after the other as the years went on. So little by little they would improve. However, they were selling us this idea that if you don't have the newest one, then it's out of date, it's out of date. So I think just a marketing strategy like that can be used, say, within um, the world of art. And something that we should actually take advantage of, of is just um, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to not necessarily play with the consumer, but allowing ourselves to be a little selfish with what we're putting out there and allowing someone to also take pride in what you're giving them or what you're selling them. So a source that I bring up is the HuffPost, and this was an article that came from... Um, that was written in 2017, and it explains seven top mistakes that artists or starving artists happen to go through. And it says mistake number three, which is they aren't using the power of storytelling. Um, back to what I was saying, this contribution of cars being manufactured contributed to this whole idea of the American dream or whatever that um, concept may mean, meaning that you'd have to have the best of the best and you know, contributing to the idea of materialism. So say if I'm going to sell you this pen, or not sell you this pen, but say I'm going to sell you this piece, I want to add a little bit more background, a little more context as to how those 50 hours of painting all these layers onto my um, canvas really meant something, rather than just giving away your product for only $15 and not having that communication come across. I think that's something that we all need to work on, is just communication and just take advantage of um, the different sources that we have. Which brings us back to the title of this, or I mean, the, the actual like um, thing that we're talking about in this podcast, which is communication through art. And like, I like how you said the storytelling part, because um, the company that I, I co-own is Rebecca Blue Media, and all, all of our stuff is all based on storytelling and strategy. So it's just a mix between both of those. And um, I really feel that 
just if you have like that t-shirt because i did own a company called gold kills back then and i would just sell t-shirts and i would put a cool design on it and yes it would sell but it would only sell one time so whenever i told a story with it the every single time i told a story that customer would turn into a two-time client or three-time four-time and they would come back come back come back because they were not actually buying the product, they were buying the experience, they were buying the story, they were buying the person behind the brand. And then when I took my face off of it and I went out, when I stopped doing it as much, they said, where's the story? Where's like, where are you at? What are you doing? Are you still doing things? I wanna support you. And it was more so like they were buying the meaning of gold kills, which is um, money, power, fame, or something of value can destroy the person inside of you and you have to watch out for that and make sure that you, you're really just a genuine good person, like just in a whole. And, um, and they, they got really like sad when I stopped making it because then they were like, well, how can I support you? They weren't saying like, well, when is Gold Kill is gonna come back? It was like, well, what are you doing now? Because they got obsessed with that sort of storytelling aspect of it. And then also I wanna bring back, I kinda of got confused at what you were talking about with the social media. Are you saying that people should post more and then see what the marketplace says or post less and make it more valuable. I was kind of confused at what you were saying. What I was trying to say is that I think that there should just be a constant communication with the consumer, whether it be just an update on how you're doing, you know, contributing to the storytelling okay, okay. thing. You know, say through so more. Instagram. Yeah, more. Okay, more. I think, I think it helps to have and have more. However, I, I do think that at the same time, you should be a little bit more conscious of what you put out on the internet. I think that's something that is definitely coming about that people are starting to learn that is really important is you know creating a good, trustworthy, as you said, um, face on the internet that can represent who you are as, in a person as well. Because I've met so many people where I say, oh, how, how are you doing? You know, we've, we've talked over the internet. Um, it's great to finally meet you. And it's hard to even get across just the hello and how are you doing type of conversation. It doesn't really go into depth because sometimes it can't really back up what they put up on the internet. I want to go back to what you said about being cautious. I think you should be, I think also being cautious about taking the word cautious into play when you go into social media because, okay, so person A and person B, one person has a post about boxing. They are a boxer. Mm -hmm. Don't be cautious about whether that that like the body position is like good enough or not. Like post that. I think more so be cautious like about the person B. You're a boxer, and then you have one where you're clubbing and you have drinks in your hand, and then a cheeseburger, and like you know, and you're in the streets. That's more so what you should be cautious about. I think be completely reckless, person A, and be com completely cautious, person B. So another thing. My sister, Stephanie Landeros, I'm going to call her out. She has a lot of great content. She has a lot of great things, a lot of great art pieces. She's a, she's a filmmaker, editor, dancer, artist, and she is very cautious about posting that boxing picture, right? She's very cautious about it, and I think that in that case, you need to be 100% reckless and post online and post every second. What am I doing? What am I saying? What, where am I going? Like every single minute all about like the things that you're creating and the things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And like in that case, be reckless. Yeah. And 
I think that um, also just to kind of bring it back because we're kind of going yeah. left field. We always want to go into like the social media and like that part of it. So there was one on one hand, it was because of lack of business. So now we're talking about marketing. We're talking about social media. We're talking about how to showcase yourself and how that you need to be um, aware of yourself and aware of your business and where it's going um, and also be honest and on social media um, and then because that's, you know, that is our life now. It's just, it's our life, whatever. And then on the other end, it's because people are putting all of their income back into the materials. So, I'll speak yeah, on the that. Ten, to close out what I was saying beforehand, which is kind of ironic that uh, Henry Ford happened to say, this is actually my senior quote, and he says, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. So with that being said, I'll transition over to what we're speaking of. Say with myself, having over 30 YouTube videos because of people such as Woody Landeros and Rebecca Blue, thousands of views via Facebook ads, a website with merchandise. I have almost no return. Now, it's something that's actually really questionable for even someone like myself, where I kind of get lost in this idea of, am I doing enough? Am I not? What is going on in, within the whole overall process of this? But at the end of the day, what is still at place and what is still concrete is that we still have a plan. And with a plan comes patience. And I think that that's something that also creators should take um, into play. Even with myself, um, speaking about boxing, I'm not going to defend it and say that it's as majestic or as passionate as something like painting, or I'm not going to really put it under the same realm of, of calling it an art upon this context. However, I will say that it is an effort to create this overall image and create you know, my career as an individual. So with all these contributions going into these different accounts, you know, social media and different things like that, or even with myself visiting Mexico all the time, um, trying to give back to different communities, sometimes it's kind of hard to see what it will all become in the end. However, I think that it's always important to continue on with your goals. Yeah. And the way that you're giving on um, social media and to the communities in Mexico and all of this stuff, um, that's giving value, giving value, giving value. Um, where I have a slight issue with is when you don't ask like for, a, I guess not a favor in return, but ask for business or ask for help. Like just being free, just being comfortable with asking for help because a lot of artists do give, 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 give till the day they die. And then that's called a starving artist. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't have somebody that's really, really caring for them on the side to give them that bonus or to give them that, to be able to say, okay, well, I think he does deserve this much. Then that person will use and abuse you forever. You know, so a quote that Gary said, and it's a, one of his very simplistic quotes Gary. is, Gary Vaynerchuk, is give value, give value, give value, and then ask for business. So that's just kind of like in the social media world how you're trying to give ad advice and you're trying to give um, inspiration for the youth to become, to become greater in what they do. Um, when you're giving, 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 we need to be comfortable as artists or as athletes or as people of just this world when we're like giving, giving, giving. 
um, we need to be comfortable with saying, hey, can you support me by buying this t-shirt? Because at the end of the day, that money is going to, again, go back into it and continue the flow of being a starving artist, but it's just going to keep me there. It's going to keep me there. It's going to keep me there. Like, I, I have been... Um, I have been doing my YouTube channel for a little while. I think I'm at, um, I think it's like 31 vlogs, nine podcasts, uh, 20 dance videos, and some other stuff. I don't know. I have like a, I have a little bit over 50 um, videos on YouTube that I feel that I've been giving, 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 giving. Um, but now it's about time to start asking, not necessarily asking for like a paycheck, but asking for help. Like, hey, I cannot get to this next step. I'm gonna need um, some sort of like, either like a collaboration or I'm gonna need you to support me and then I could put your brand in there like just to get me to make the next YouTube video. Cause or else then you're just working in a starving artist mindset. And then a lot of the times when you're trying to make money, you don't necessarily make the best decisions. That's why like the broke stay broke and the rich stay rich. Like the broke stay broke cause they're always looking for the next paycheck. And the rich stay rich because they already have all the payments set for the rest of this year. So now it's how can we grow? And it's really hard, like as talking about broke and rich as a starving artist and a rich artist, it's really hard to get out of that broke artist mi mindset and just thinking what's the next piece, what's the next piece, and then going into what's the future of my art. But it's necessary to step back and to be able to ask somebody, can you help me with this because I have a bigger picture than myself? Right. That was a handful, but it was. I, I really just like, again, when, I, when I'm like really confident or when I'm really like um, touched by a certain topic, I have to say what I feel like right now. And it's just like, it's a lot. I know it's a lot. You can, you can take it to stage for a little while because I've I just been talking too much. So what I'd like to redirect it back to is sort of the upsetting instances in which artists have not been able to fulfill their destiny or, you know, accomplish uh, more than they maybe should have, such as someone, say, like Mac Miller, where he happened to pass away from a drug overdose not that long ago, only a few months ago, and it was pretty sad and a pretty uh, big blow on the world and the community of hip-hop. So I don't know if you want to speak on anything like that um, with someone who maybe has a buzz, but still it's not necessarily someone who is taking over the realm that maybe they should have. I'll speak on that. I think whether you're making it or not, um, yeah, whether you're making it or not, mental health is number one. So like you could be rich, you could be poor, you could be fat, skinny, whatever, but mental health and being able to be like confident about yourself is number one. Um, I, I do gotta say that I do speak with like, um, I guess with some experience of that too, knowing that like I have made a, like over like a $10,000 paycheck on one project and I just wasn't happy. And that, that, that part wasn't necessarily like connected with like mental health, but it is being like mentally in the right position to be able to like make it or to be just to be comfortable with where you're at no matter with how much you have. So like I know my parents will be extremely happy if they were in a shed or if they were in a mansion. Like it doesn't break them because the relationship portion of it, they're mentally bound. 
So like that needs to be set first. And also I think that that has to do with, I mean, I don't really know a lot about Edgar Allan Poe or I don't know a lot about it. So this is just like, just based off of what I read and then let's go ahead and paint like a secondary character. Um, for a person to be creating art off of like the stuff that's hurting them and not getting the sort of like, um, like if that, if art is your like cry to help and you're not getting that, you should really result to like talking and you should really step out of that art art realm and like go and ask for help and being able to like be comfortable with talking to a psychologist or a therapist and um, reaching for help beforehand. Right. I'll say that too. That was kind of off topic again, but um, yeah. Um, but also like um, going back to like the, just, just being a starving artist, I think um, there's another quote. I know we're bringing out a lot of quotes. The last time we didn't have like, enough to say and this time I feel like we have a lot more ready so I just have this last quote and then the rest is just freebie for me I'm going to put down my phone but it's a quote by Wilma Rudolph and it says believe me the reward is not so great without the struggle Mm. and oh man like just struggling and then making like $500 on a project it just feels like that much better. Yeah. Just that struggle. But I'm not sure if that's like something that we have kind of been built into or we have been like trained to. But I know that whenever, and I will get there, it's just going to take some time. Whenever I am at the succeeding point, it's just going to be understanding like I went through the struggle portion and now I have to just like bathe in the glory, but never be satisfied. <laughs> Definitely. Even with myself in the past, having fought in different tournaments, I've had situations where I fought back to back in some pretty hectic battles in the ring and having to go home taking just silver, not gold, not first place, but second place. Basically the, uh, what do they call it again? The best loser or whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) So with myself, Having that experience, I could remember that the next time that I fought and I happened to win, it almost felt that I took those struggles from the last time that I lost Mm. over to the ring because I had something to prove. I didn't want to return back to what um, what had occurred in the last fight because that was just a horrible feeling. It was resolved only a little bit whenever I happened to win the next fight, but there was just something that meant so much more if I would have won the past tournament when I was fighting back to back. And I think as we, I've probably said in the past, if anyone's heard me, you know, boxing is very synonymous with life, just as track is, just as, you know, a couple of other sports are because in boxing, it's just, you're fighting against the time and um, every second counts. Now, I think for you, you have to bring the boxing and connect it with business. Cause I think if you, if you just like treat business like your boxing career, then you'll like make it 100%. Because that whole like getting knocked down, getting like letting frustrations lead to breakthroughs and like just peeking past that, like, I like, no, you're not gonna tell me that I can't do it. Or like, no, I'm not gonna lose again. And just taking that into like a business um, perspective or a business aspect, I think you can like dominate everything. But it's just gonna take, I guess we're translating everything from boxing to business. Right. Even 
now directing it back to art and what my ambitions are in this world of art. I want to become a designer or at least a creative director or maybe all of the above. Someone who can have influence in the world of design and with something of um, that category of or of that world, I have almost no understanding of it. All except for the fact that I happen to have my own style and you know my own contributions or my own interest in fashion. However, I think it's just the same struggle as when I came into the ring for the first time. You know, not having any understanding of what it's about, but just having that full-on ambition to conquer and just continue on. Yeah. Well, we only have about a minute or two more of this podcast, but I just wanted to kind of end it out by saying, if you're a starving artist, don't be afraid to charge what, like, what you're worth. Like, go out there and test out the grounds and even charge a little bit more. And if it's too much, bring it down and then bring up the value of your work and then continuously, like, grow with that. Bring up the value, bring up the price, bring up the value, bring up the price. Don't bring up the price first. Always bring up your value, 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 value. So not necessarily saying sell, you know, this black and white piece for, you know, this X amount of dollars. Like, always be testing the grounds with it and just know that, like, some art is not necessarily worth the same amount as other pieces but you as an artist you just like creating like you are worth x amount right whatever whatever's in your head whatever you want to be worth and um yeah and then another part is if you do like need to buy the materials just buy the materials like there's no shame in being a starving artist because i'm still a starving artist i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm still trying to figure it out like i'm trying to figure out like two months from now paycheck like i'm just trying to get like different jobs to be able to build and to be able to grow as an artist um but i think it is definitely a more fulfilling life than choosing one like in the back of like a i mean i don't want to put anybody down like a trash guy for you know some really crappy company that calls you names <laughs> you know it's way better trying to go for your art and being broke than putting down your value in every sort of way and letting other people put you down too. Like, like step out of that. I don't want to see any more pizza guys being artists. I want like artists to break through and to actually make money and make a living and make a family and a future. Be happy. Yeah. And I think that concludes it, right? Yep. All right, we're out. Take care.